We hope you enjoy listening to this podcast of St. Louis on the Air, brought to you by University College at Washington University. With undergraduate and graduate programs, part-time, evening, and online. University College at Washington University, offering world-class education within reach. Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Don Marsh. Jefferson Barracks is associated with a lot of American military history. It has been a South County fixture for almost 200 years and is known as a former major military installation for its National Military Cemetery, its VA hospital and museums, of course. But this Veterans Day is a good time to learn more about this historic site. Joining me in studio is Mark Trout, president and CEO of the Missouri Civil War Museum. Mark, thanks for coming in. Well, thanks for having me. Well... 1826 is when it all started. Why? Yeah, what least, was happening at that time, time to, uh, to generate this installation? Yeah, at least uh, for Jefferson Barracks, it all started then. Yeah. yeah, they were looking for, they had outgrown Fort Bell Fountain up in the northern part of, <clears throat> of, of the county here, and they were looking for a, a new, more modern place to, to create this new, new military uh, fort or base. And uh, they discovered that that plateau down there in South St. Louis made the ideal place. It, it was elevated. It was on a plateau. It overlooked the river, uh, which was strategic in, in their eyes. And uh, it just made made sense for them to have it. They had a spring there and everything that they really needed for like an infrastructure was there. The river lines are there and so forth. So it made an ideal spot for them. Why, uh, why was it necessary at all? What was going on at that time? Oh, I just think it was more of an expansion of, of the military itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they were they were cramped up in, in Fort Bell Fountain, mm-hmm. and, and then the, the obstacles, the natural stuff, that just made sense for them to come down more onto that plateau, uh, more room uh, and elevation and so forth. Well, let's talk about some of the the uh, things historically that were happening in the uh, subsequent years that uh, Jefferson Barracks played a part in. And I guess uh, fighting with the Indians was uh, was right there at the top of the list early on. Yeah, the Black Hawk Wars with Chief Black Hawk. They, troops from Jefferson Barracks got involved in, in that in the 1830s. Uh, in fact, you know, they brought Chief Black Hawk to Jefferson Barracks. That's where he was held prisoner mm-hmm. of war. You know, there's been two times in, in Jefferson Barracks' history where we had prisoners of war. One, obviously, with Chief Black Hawk, and then the second being the Second World War when some of the German and Italian prisoners of war were brought to Jefferson Barracks and, and were housed there. Mm-hmm. And beyond that, uh, things marched on. We were very, very good at going to war during that particular period of history. Yeah, it, Jefferson Barracks, mm-hmm. the best way to sum Jefferson Barracks up, it, it's always been a, a troop mobilization yeah. point, uh, be it from the Civil War, uh, you know, and, and so forth. Even during the Mexican War, troops were mobilized there. Going through the Indian Wars, it plays a significant point. You know, I always argue that, that St. Louis is, is known as the gateway to the West, but I think Jefferson Barracks is that gate. Mm-hmm. You know, that's where the, the patrols and the wagons would have would have went off from, you know, and so forth as they went out, the pioneers did on, on, onto the West. But even in, in the Indian Wars that followed the Civil War, and then especially the Spanish-American War, a lot of people don't realize that every, every Missouri soldier in the Spanish-American War came through Jefferson Barracks. Oh, really? Every single one of them. Um, and that's one of the places why we have the largest burial ground of, of not only Civil War dead, yeah. but also Spanish-American War. Matter of fact, the first, the first death of the uh, of Spanish-American War, that soldier is laid at rest at Jefferson Barracks. Why would all of the soldiers in that particular war have gone through Jefferson Barracks? It was just an ideal modern uh, mobilization point. You know, once again, going back to with the railroad lines there, 
right on right right on the the edge of, of, of the metropolitan area of St. Louis, and then that river as well. And it's just every single one of them. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about the about the Civil War. What was its role at that time? I mean, given where where Missouri was in that conflict. Right. It, primarily another mobilization point. Uh, many, many regiments uh, of cavalry and infantry were, were established at Jefferson Barracks. You, know, you, you see really three locations where these troops from the Civil War are coming into, you know, obviously in the Arsenal area down there uh, in, in uh, the city of St. Louis, and then up at Benton Barracks, which is we know is Fairgrounds Park now, mm-hmm. up there off of I-70 West Florida, and then Jefferson Barracks, of course, but uh, dozens and dozens of, of Infantry and cavalry units were established at Jefferson Barracks. Some of the most prestigious ones, like the 1st and the 10th Cavalry, uh, all come out of Jefferson Barracks. I, I was surprised to, to hear that uh, both Jefferson Davis, who was the president of the Confederacy, and Robert E. Lee, whom we all know, uh, all had a presence at one time at Jefferson Barracks. Oh, absolutely. I, I, <clears throat> I kind of tell, uh, you know, we had over 220 Civil War generals that served at Jefferson Barracks before, during, or after the Civil War. That includes Grant, Sherman, Sheridan, Pickett, Custer, Longstreet, the list goes on. I always tell tell my students and my guests, I said, it's easier for me to tell you. Stonewall Jackson was not here, but everybody else was. Mm-hmm. Easier to put it that way. <laughs> it makes it easy. And, and what were their what were their positions? So let's let's just stick with Robert E. Lee and mm-hmm. and Jefferson Davis. What was what was Davis doing, for instance? Yeah, uh, you know, Jefferson Barracks was a, a, a premier uh, post for some of these graduates, especially these West Pointers mm-hmm. that were coming out. They they loved St. Louis and, and it made an ideal thing. Robert Lee was here twice, you know, as a, as a young engineer, and then in the 1850s, um, you know, he becomes the executive officer. Uh, behind Albert Sidney Johnson of the new famed 2nd U.S. Cavalry, mm-hmm. which was established by Jefferson Davis, who was mm-hmm. the Secretary of War at the time. They were called Davis's Pets. It was going to mm-hmm. be the, the premier cavalry unit ever created. And so when you you look at that roster of, of the 2nd U.S. Cavalry with Albert Sidney Johnson, who will lose his life at the Battle of Shiloh, 2nd in command Robert E. Lee, you had Kirby Smith, George Thomas, Jeb Stewart. It, it's, <laughs> a, it's a who's who of the Civil War in this one cavalry unit so uh it's pretty pretty spectacular wasn't the first cavalry unit established at uh, jefferson barracks the dragoons that they were called? Well, dragoons were there uh, yeah. i don't know if the first one uh, that's that's uh, i don't know about that one but uh uh, that was a little bit before the Civil War, which is my, my sure. area of interest. But uh, <laughs> but that that's how it's always been with Jefferson Barracks. It, it's always been kind of a premier uh, post, even at the turn of the, of the 20th century in 1900. We, you know, we have numerous art, newspaper articles like in, in, from St. Louis newspapers showing how Jefferson Barracks is being improved mm-hmm. and, and, and be, going to become the premier cavalry post uh, of the U.S. Army. You know, there was all kinds of uh, talks about that. So it, it's had a, a lustrous, amazing you know, tenure as far as a, a military post. You mentioned that the Civil War is your specialty there, obviously, <laughs> with the Civil War Museum. What what do you talk to folks about? I mean, obviously, we talked a little bit about personalities who were involved in that uh, conflict. What else do you talk about in connecting it to the barracks? Well, in the barracks is, is really just bringing, bringing to life the, the characters who were there, the, the people who were there, uh, you know, through time. So it, it's hard just to talk about the four years of the Civil War about Jefferson Barracks, you know, uh, without kind of growing to pre-Civil War and post, because mm-hmm. it has such a, a you know a wonderful and an important part in American military history, and then you lump in the the issues with the, the National Cemetery that is there, you know, which is again a, a who's who. You know, it's 
it's one of the most active national cemeteries today. You know, we have, a lot of people don't realize, we have somewhere on the average of 28 to 30 funerals a day at our oh, national wow. cemetery. No idea. Yeah, there's well over a quarter million soldiers and uh, that are buried there from the revolution. We have Revolutionary War soldiers all the way to the ones that were laid at rest today. Um, it, it's, a, it's a magnificent place. I think there's... My, if my memory serves me right, we have like nine Medal of Honor recipients who are at rest at Jefferson Barracks. Uh, interesting thing about the barracks as well is it's the largest, it's ranked number one in the system as far as the largest um, concentration of group burials. We have mm -hmm. like over 550 group burials, which are more than one soldier in, in a grave, going all the way back to Colonel Gentry and, and the Battle of Okeechobee, you know, oh. all the way up to Vietnam where some of the soldiers are buried together. Was there some of, this is kind of in the recesses of my memory and I may be wrong, but wasn't there some connection between the Tomb of the Unknowns in Washington and uh, Jefferson Barracks? Right, Michael Blassie, Ma okay. Michael Blassie of St. Louis. Tell us, tell us that story, if you would. Yeah, I'll never forget that one because <clears throat> actually my, my oldest son was born on the day that he was brought back here. So oh, really? I still have that newspaper article, you know, Hero Comes Home. Mm -hmm. you know, uh, but yes, Michael Blassie was lost in, in Vietnam and uh, was missing in action. And if I believe the family always thought that, you know, there was a possibility that he could be the, the soldier in the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier in Washington, D.C. And through the, you know, science of DNA and so forth, they were able to prove that some mm -hmm. 19 years ago, somewhere right around there, and, and positively identify him. So Michael Blassie was, was uh, removed from the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier of Vietnam there in Washington, D.C., and brought back home here. And he's at rest at the National Cemetery here at Jefferson Barracks. What was that ceremony like? I, I didn't attend that yeah. ceremony on that. Uh, that was the day my, my oldest son was born. I was in the hospital. Other, thing. uh, Other things. I, I was in the things. hospital, but I, I sure would like to be there. But I, I am in the National Cemetery every week with be it, uh, some tours or students and so forth. And he is always a stop that we, we make to, to honor him. When, when did the uh, cemetery come into being? Well, the Jefferson Barracks Post was created in 1826, mm -hmm. and that's called Jefferson Barracks, not because of Jefferson Davis, but because of Thomas <laughs> Jefferson, who had died earlier that year. Uh, the first, the first uh, person to be laid at rest and established our cemetery was, was a, a young girl named Eliza Ann Lash. She was the, the infant daughter of one of the officers there. She had passed away in 1827, and she's the one that established our cemetery. So we have, there's, Jefferson Barracks is interesting if you get into it. It's actually a cemetery within a cemetery. You have what we call the old post cemetery. So this is pre-Civil War. Remember, the national cemeteries don't, they're not established until the Civil War. So this is, this is well before, you know, Arlington and, and, and other cemeteries like that. But we have the old post cemetery. And if any of any visitors that come there, when you drive into the National Cemetery, all the, all the, the tombstones, all the headstones are all the same. They all look the same. Sure. And, but uh, the farther you drive towards the, the Mississippi River, you'll, you'll start encountering tombstones and headstones that are different sizes and different mm -hmm. shapes. Once you see that, you're pretty much in the old post cemetery because that standardized uh, headstone that we, we're so used to seeing at National Cemeteries today does, doesn't come into be until the 1870s. So if you're looking for the Civil War or, or the Indian Wars or pre-Civil War burial, at Jefferson Barracks, go find the, the odd-shaped and different-shaped monuments and, and memorials, and then you know you're in the Civil War section in the pre. How many, uh, how many uh, graves are there of Civil War? Civil War, well, we're the largest burial ground of Civil War dead in all of Missouri. There, there's, at last count, there's about a little over 12,000 federal soldiers, 1,100 Confederate soldiers, and about 3,300 unknowns. 
Um, and, that, and that there's a couple of reasons, a couple of historical things that make that possible. Number one, Jefferson Barracks is a major hospital complex during the Civil War. You know, they'd bring them up on the river, on the, on, on the, on the boats, and also the railroad line is there, and they'd bring them on the, on the railroad lines. And so just like any large hospital complex in the Civil War where you had a lot of a lot of soldiers that are wounded, you had a lot of death. And so they started interning them into that old post cemetery with, with Eliza Ann Lash, and that's what started it there. So that's the one reason there's so many. The other reason is shortly after the Civil War, by 1869, uh, uh, soldiers, the War Department had, had ordered soldiers to go out and scour the countryside and look for their comrades who had fallen in combat. And since Missouri was so scattered, and you had soldiers buried in little hamlets and, 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 and small cemeteries, churchyards, and, and in the woods, unlike the east where the dead was pretty much concentrated on the big battlefields, mm-hmm. uh, they recovered they recovered 10,000 of them and wow. brought those, those soldiers back to a place of honor, and so that's what you have. How many graves are there there? Overall, I, I know there's over a quarter million. I think it's closing oh, exactly. in on 280,000 now. <clears throat> yeah. I had no idea it was yes. that extensive. Matter of fact, that's why uh, I think the St. Louis County government and, and the federal government are under negotiations finalizing their, their, their deal of taking over part of Sylvan Springs Park to, mm-hmm. to make room for additional burials. I think the federal government must have been a little short-sighted coming out of World War II when they started selling off Jefferson Barracks. They landlocked the National Cemetery, and I guess they didn't think, what's going to happen 50, 60, 70 years from now? figured it was all over that. Yeah, and and, and next thing you know, so so that's going to push us out a little bit more to allow more space for burials. We have a caller here who wants to talk about uh, that part of the park. Jack uh, in Warsaw, Missouri, go ahead. You're on the air. Oh, thanks for having me on the air, and I appreciate your topic today, and I enjoyed the guest's uh, comments on it. I was just going to uh, have a comment on something I know about that not a lot of people know, that uh, in the Jefferson Barrack Cem- Cemetery, there is uh, certain tombstones that aren't round at the top. They have go to sort of a point, and that's a section in there where back in the days of the Civil War, and then when it was first getting going, they had uh, locked up people that were Southern sympathizers, and uh, housed them in the Arsenal uh, Street. There was a place on Arsenal Street called, like, you know, the Arsenal. It's the Arsenal, probably. And uh, they still have pieces of the gate and all of the metal works from that around in the surrounding Jefferson uh, Barracks area in these various little parks around there where they have some of the veterans' events. And uh, in, the, in the cemetery, though, you can tell that these were, let's say, unknown child or something like that or unknown person. And these are for going to a point like that. That's in the, the people that were considered to be of the Confederacy, but they are also, you know, they're citizens of the United States of America in the long run. And we're all, you know, they're, they're buried there in the cemetery, and they're uh, given respect like everybody. All the other many thousands of people buried there. Jack, thank you, for, thank you for the call. Appreciate it. Uh, children's graves and these special pointed headstones. Right, there's 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 quite a few civilian graves that are in the National Cemetery from from that period in time. It was it was the mid 1870s is when the federal government finally started standardizing those stones. It was also where they they passed. Um, their views on that the Confederate soldiers would be honored just like the Federal soldiers, so the Confederates would also ha- get their grave markers. The pointed ones are the Confederate ones. Uh, in Jefferson Barracks, uh, all of our Confederate soldiers are buried together, all 1,100 of them. There are some unknowns amongst them, uh, but they do have a point on them. So when you see the, the, the typical and, and popular modern uh, military marker of our soldiers, they have a curved round top. The Confederates are a point. Yeah. 
Well, that brings me to all the concerns we've been hearing in the last year or two about anything Confederate. Uh, I mean, statues have been pulled down, as we well know. You getting any flack at all uh, over there with regard to the Confederates buried there? No, that's uh, that's probably a topic for another interview there because that's going to take some time. Um, you know, we we're obviously faced with that every day. St. Louis has obviously you know had their 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 mix of it, you know, uh, in, in regards to it now, you know, with the memorial and monument of, in Tower Grove Park with uh, uh, Christopher and, and Columbus. So at Forest Park with, right, the, with, yeah. the, with the other. Yeah, with the Confederate monument, you know, like I tell most folks, uh, you know, when it comes to the Civil War, you know, we're a Civil War museum and, and our, our job is preservation. Mm-hmm. You know, what we end up doing in the future with these memorials and so forth, I guess this nation's going to have to come to grip of what it really wants mm-hmm. to do, you know, so... Uh, I don't know how it's going to turn out, you know, but our point right now, anything that we recover, you know, be it be it a musket or be it a saber or be it a memorial, mm-hmm. our job is preservation to save them and see what happens in the end. So uh, we're, we're, we're preservationists first and foremost. Give, give me kind of a tour of that museum. We've got a couple of minutes left. What exactly are people going to find there aside from the muskets and the bayonets? And right. all that? Well, uh, <clears throat> I, would, I would think that we have the largest display of... of, of um, Civil War artifacts on display than any other place in the state. Um, we definitely have more in reserve. It a- actually, I could tell your guests, for anybody who's been out to the Missouri Civil War Museum in Jefferson Barracks uh, in the last five years, come the first of the year is when all of our exhibits are starting to change. So come come springtime, uh, if anybody who's even been out there before comes out, they will see hundreds and hundreds of new objects. We're a museum that we, 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 don't, have the, we don't have the large budgets as some of the other ones and so forth, and we don't get into a lot of uh, electronics interpretation and things like that, but we're heavy on, on items. So mm-hmm. I've always prided ourselves. Uh, if you want to learn a lot about about the war and so forth, you know, you, you can get on you can get on the internet and so forth. But if you want to see objects, you want to see uniforms, you want to see their weapons, you want to see their their items from the war and so forth. We have that there. Uh, we also have a nice gallery to the history of Jefferson Barracks. So we have not just Civil War in, in, in our museum, but we also have one, one permanent gallery dedicated to the history of Jefferson Barracks. So guests will find uniforms really from 1826 all the way up until today in Afghanistan and, and Iraq of soldiers that, that have been there and, and come from Jefferson Barracks. So we have a lot. A lot of our stuff is related to Jefferson Barracks. A lot of our stuff, of course, is related to Missouri. I think most people don't know that there were more Civil War battles fought in the state of Missouri than any, any place else. Uh, we're ranked three. three? Ranked number, num, number, number three, uh, uh, Virginia and Tennessee are the only ones that have more than us. We, we, we've had over 1,100 engagements in Missouri. So there's, we have actually an electronic map at the museum where somebody can stand in front and watch it. And every second, a new bullet goes onto that map of Missouri, and you can just see it by year of how it's increasing and so forth. Uh, the interesting thing about Missouri is in, in 1864, when, when kind of the battles are starting to wind down in, in the Civil War, Missouri is actually escalating. Really? You know, that's got a lot to do with the guerrilla activity on the west and the north and so forth. What's the most, uh, 45 seconds left, the most significant Civil War battle in Missouri? Well, there's, there's several. Wilson's Creek obviously is a big St. Louis related one because of the uh, because of the St. Louis connection, you know, with General Lyon from the St. Louis Arsenal mm-hmm. and many of his German troops and St. Louis troops uh, that go off. Franz Siegel is there. You know, he's got a beautiful sculpture in, in Forest Park. In Forest Park. Yeah. Uh, he's with him and so forth. So, so that would be the big one uh, at Wilson's Creek. But you also have Westport. You have Pilot Knob. And there, there's there's all kinds of them. 1,100 of them. Even some of the smaller ones like Centralia are noted in history where Bloody Bill Anderson annihilated the 
139th Missouri Infantry, which is the largest casualty as far as percentage of a loss for a Union regiment in the war, will happen here in Missouri. Well, that's quite a piece of real estate you're working on over there. It sure is. And uh, I know you're doing a great job at the Civil War Museum, Mark Trout. Thank you so much for being with us. And uh, there's a great day, Veterans Day, to talk about what you're doing. Thank you very much for having me. Good to have you. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio 90.7 KWMU.